1: Zabi, in to 25 yards
0: out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0! Blue fast shot! Oh my word! It He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Available right here on southamptondelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed the off-season, um, whatever that was. Uh, after an extremely short break, Saints are back in action next weekend against Crystal Palace. And uh, although we won't be in the stadium, we will all be kind of following along in whatever ways we can, whether um, you're lucky enough to be able to watch the match on television or you're following along on the radio, or you're just going to listen to a podcast afterwards and catch up. Hopefully you are ready for all of that. And somebody who helped me get ready for the season, both in terms of fantasy Premier League and in terms of of Saints was Lucy Heinet. This week's guest, you can follow her on Twitter at Lucy Heinet. And it it's a pleasure, as always, to have Lucy on the show. Uh, I don't say this lightly, but she is one of my favorite guests to have on and and to have a conversation with. So uh, you will get that conversation right now, and hopefully the things we cover get you ready for the season, as we said before. And I also want to say before we get started uh, that I was on the In That Number podcast this week. Uh, If you don't already listen to In That Number and you want to give it a shot, uh, I'm not going to say this is a great episode to do it because you're probably sick of hearing from me, but it's always a pleasure to be on there with Kevin and Ray. Uh, and whoever else they have joining them that week. But um, I think it's appearance number three or four. Hopefully I do better in my predictions than I did last year, where I said with a lot of confidence that Bayern Munich were not going to win the Champions League because they wouldn't score enough. Um, anyway, we'll leave that there and get you to the show. Uh, this is Lucy Heinett and I having a conversation on Sunday morning, afternoon, depending on where you live in the world. Uh, hope you enjoy it. And once again, thanks for listening. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Lucy Hynett. You can find her on Twitter at Lucy Hynett. You probably already follow her. I'm pretty sure you have more followers than me. Anyway, um, so Lucy, welcome back, and uh, thanks for joining the show again. I, I told you before, I'm not quite ready for the season to start. I don't really know what what's what's happened to the the, the off season, but uh, anyway, we're here, and it starts next week, and, and I'm I'm glad to be talking to you again.
1: It's great to be back on. Yeah, um, feeling feeling excited, although the England game has slightly dampened that excitement. I can only hope that Saints are more prepared than England were, um, but no, looking forward to it. Can't really believe it's it's already back, because it feels like we haven't really stopped at any point. Um, I'm not sure if the players will feel the same, but uh, it's, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest, the England game was super exciting from my perspective, because I only watched the last seven minutes of regular time, so it was great. Um, and then uh, I, I saw what everybody said on Twitter about it afterwards, and I was like, oh, well, maybe it was absolutely dreadful, and I watched the first uh, the first seven minutes. Then later, as on a replay, and I can agree with you; this <laughs> was not great. Um, so yeah, we'll, we will talk about that because obviously, two Saints players were involved in in the match, and uh, England did manage to to pull out a victory. I don't know if it was if it was a little bit of luck, if it was uh, just the the way it should have gone. Given that, I think Kane's goal should have stood, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about all that and. Everything going on with Saints as well uh, over the course of today, and I'm probably going to wrangle you into helping me with uh, my fantasy Premier League because I have yet to select a team or a name um, because I'm not I'm not good at those things. So we'll we'll, we'll do that as well. Uh, but before we do any of that, just how are you? Are you are you doing all right? I mean, it's uh, it's now it's now September. The days are starting to get shorter. I assume.
1: Yes, the days are starting to get shorter. Um, my husband's going back to work tomorrow um, after the school holidays and I am starting to go back to the office. So that's kind of weird, but good, I suppose. Nice to see people again. Um, I can't really complain. I mean, I'm aware there's a lot of people that probably haven't had a job at this point, so right. I should not complain about that. Um, and we are in our new house. And that is all decorated and furnished and looking like a house. So all good. Yeah.
0: Congratulations on on getting that done. I think it was, it was a long time ago that we were talking about uh, the show. You were on the show and we were talking about that and it just wasn't seemed to be stalling and I'm glad, I'm glad it's worked out now. And uh, I am back in school as well. Uh, I know Tom's going back tomorrow and I just, you know, we don't have students back. So I'm I'll be interested to see and how, how it kind of goes, even though, uh, you know, I'm sure our government won't do anything the same way yours does. And that's, I don't know, that's good, bad, or otherwise, but we'll just let it, let it be. Um, but yeah. Um, so can we start, we would start with the England game just, just because yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not English. Uh, if people don't know that, <laughs> listen to my voice. <laughs> I'm uh, <guess>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although, uh, ancestry are not ancestry. Yeah. Ancestry.com says I am uh, a third. So that's, there's that, um, I never would have claimed it until now, but uh, you know, there there you go um I mean Ward Prowse gets a start Ings is in the squad and comes on later um I mean there were a lot of people maybe non-Saints fans that said Ward Prowse didn't deserve to be there obviously we're probably kind of biased but I mean what did you make of him just uh, of those two being selected for the squad in, in I guess on their own merit do you think they they are deserving to be in that in that kind of squad
1: I think they're deserving of a place in the squad. I think Danny Ings is probably cursing his luck a little bit because before all the pandemic stuff, we'd have probably expected him to get a start because at that moment, Kane and Rashford were both injured and it looked like we were kind of struggling for a number nine for that kind of slot in four three three. So he probably didn't get the kind of rub of the green on that one um, and probably wasn't expected to start. Um, And then I think Ward-Prowse, to be honest, I was quite surprised he did start. There were were a few people suggesting to me that he was going to be the left wing back in squad. And I was like, well, if you'd seen him play right wing back, for then you'd know that is definitely not going to happen. Yeah. And are you insane? Um, because that was a whole new thing. I don't know if you saw that we have no kind of left sided defender in the, in the England squad. So that was, that was confusing. Um, which we know Brian Bertrand, not giving him a go. No, um, but no, uh, we'll I didn't expect to see him in, in there. And, and to be honest, I I'm not sure the role in in that system in that system kind of works for him. I think a couple of years ago, I'd have said that he is the ideal man for the the right side of a central midfield. Um, but I think he's kind of been so kind of carefully shaped and coached by Hazenhoutel for that deep lying role in a four two 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 that he almost. Didn't quite know what to do with his role yesterday, I felt. And I think it's quite challenging because Iceland were very kind of compact, very deep lying, and, and it was difficult to find space in a kind of attacking area. Yeah, But it just meant that he was slight, slightly confused. And it was interesting because I think if you look to those players on paper, a lot of people would have had Ward, Prowse, and Rice in a, in a pivot and are then probably foven ahead, yeah. which might have suited everyone a little bit better. Um. I don't think he, he played particularly badly, but I just don't think it would be a, anything that would have made Southgate think that he's a kind of permanent option for the England team.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I would have I've thought that him and Rice sitting next to each other would have been more accustomed to the role that are that, more in line with the role he's accustomed to at Saints, right? And then yeah. and allowing him to get forward a little bit more, but... Uh, like I said, I didn't watch the entire game. I saw the numbers, um, you know, 92% pass accuracy, one clearance, a couple key passes, a couple tackles. So not like overwhelmingly good numbers, but I also didn't see him, I didn't see anybody point out any massive mistakes he made. Um, and we'll come on to what he did later on, maybe save the game for England anyway. But um, I don't know, I, I'm happy that he's there because he's played for England. He's captained England at the, you know, the underage levels. Um, or the youth levels, I should say. And then it was, you know, he, he, he missed out because he, like we said, he didn't really have a role. He didn't really have a, a set spot in at saints. And then he, he's kind of done all the things we said he needed to do. And he's locked down that role. And then he goes and, and is asked to play some more slightly different. And it doesn't really, doesn't necessarily come off um, as well as we would have hoped. But my, my, my question about saints with that is given that Hoiberg is, is gone and he's likely to be playing next to Romeyu. Is he gonna need to, to push forward a little bit more and, and maybe change his game a little bit? Or are we we expecting him just to kind of almost play the exact same role he played last season?
1: I think he actually did play a little bit more advanced. Um that's only my perception. I don't really have any kind of like heat maps running so to justify that. But I do it did, I did get the impression that Hasanittle had slightly changed the balance of that pivot. So that instead of it being kind of an alternating thing that you had with Warprouse and Hoybier where they kind of like would vary their runs between them, it seemed to be a bit more of a traditional Romeo sits and Warprouse goes and does stuff. Um so I think there already has been a tweak in balance. Um I don't know if anyone else has kind of felt the same thing. Um and and I would expect that to continue. Um I don't think he'll ever be asked to do a huge amount just because of the system we play, Armstrong tends to play quite narrow, right. more so than you'd get off the four-three-three style that England play. Um, and then you've also kind of got, we, we play, you know, with Walker Peters coming in, he'll probably be quite aggressive on that wing as well in terms of the runs he makes. So I don't think it'll be a massive issue for him. Um, and to be honest, I think he's he works better when he has a lot of the play in front of him. Being ahead of the ball, I don't think he works particularly well on on those kind of like very tight spaces on the half turn. Um, I think having the play in front of him makes more sense. Okay. Um so I don't I don't see it as a particular concern from a Southampton perspective. Um it was just from an England perspective he you could see he wasn't quite comfortable with the role and I don't think you should expect him to be, given that he doesn't really play there on on a regular basis and he hasn't worked with England team before. Because I know that Southgate's very wedded to that four three three, three three, so he's never gonna Never going to change, but it's it's just a little bit of a a tough one for Prowse, I think. Um, I think he'd be interesting in in a squad for a, for a competition like Euros, just because if you did want to change up shape, he gives you kind of another option. Um, but yeah, I think I don't think he did anything to, to say to kind of like tarnish his reputation as such. It's just I don't think it was really really the game for him. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. I, and that's that's going to be. What it is, but England are going to have to learn how to break teams down, right? Like that's going to be something they're going to come up against quite often, and we'll be
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see how they play. Uh, you know, going forward, they have a much tougher match coming up, uh, later in the week, and I, I will be interested to see how much Ings plays, how much Ward Prowse plays. I know people were were not expecting Ings to play kind of at all, but he 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 did come on, and I'll be honest, I, I mean, I only saw a little bit of it, so I don't really know uh, how well he played. His his rating on who scored was as a, a six point five, but that means almost nothing given that it was it was it was a substitute appearance and you know it, it basically means he didn't make a massive mistake I guess
1: yeah and it was just before we went down to 10 men I think because he came on to play with Kane and then of course we ended up making substitutions after going down to 10 men and it all yeah. sort of shifted the, shifted the game so he just didn't really see a lot of the ball to be honest so yeah. there's nothing you can I don't think Southgate would have got anything out of it really in terms of assessing Ings and yeah it was just tough tough circumstances to come on when we Kind of struggling to break them down, and then went went down to that ten then, um, I don't know if you saw the Walker challenge, but it was quite frankly ridiculous um I didn't so, unfortunately. yeah, there he um was on a booking, and then sort of twenty yards from their box, he decided that he was just gonna just slide in <laughs> sort of pointlessly i am was quite angry about it to be fair, I just don't understand why he would do that, um but yeah,
0: well, think, yeah so, he he's been around enough, he should know better, right, like. He's But
1: then we said that about his sex.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, well, at least he's not our worry. We're not gonna have to worry about him doing that to us. Um No, that's true. And uh and we'll just have to see. Um but I mean overall uh let, let we gotta talk about the penalty situation. Um <laughs> so I mean, first of all, were you surprised at uh at Sterling taking the penalty given that he won it? Um and no, that's, I was not like trying to pull a fast one by saying we're going to talk about the penalty and then we're going to talk about England's first. Um, no, I just completely forgot. We should talk about the goal. Um, I, I, Some people were hoping, I think, that, that that Ward-Prowse or Ings would be taking it, but I wasn't really all that surprised other than Man City seemed to miss penalties quite often. So maybe like they weren't going to let Sterling take it, but he took it and scored it. And I think that's just open and shut and fine, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was one of those situations where they didn't actually have a lot of kind of experienced international, like attacking internationals on the pitch. Uh, I think it's probably unrealistic to expect Ings or Ward-Prowse, who aren't regular members of the England squad, to be taking penalties. Um, And then after that, you weren't left with a huge amount of options in terms of what was left on the pitch. Um, Sterling, in my opinion, shouldn't be allowed to take penalties because he's not very good at them. I think there was a there was a long justification after the game where they were like, "Oh, it's a really good idea to roll your penalties down the middle, that like that, because it's the last minute and the keeper's bound to dive." Blah blah blah. It wasn't a good penalty. I don't think anyone can suggest it was. <laughs> it went in, so that's all right. But yeah, I, I it just, just screamed to me of a lack of options, and then Sterling being a relatively senior player being like yeah i'll have that thank you um so yeah not a lot to say on that one don't think it was a penalty don't think either of them were penalties um so yeah okay just, just a really terrible game
0: yeah and no var to uh to complain about oh, other, apart than, from other than there was no var to complain about right like it might have been
1: yeah i mean i did see people that i see regularly complain about var then be like oh if only we have var but there we go
0: yeah it, it is it is, what it is. Um, Let's, let's talk about the real reason I want to talk about penalties is, uh, you know, Iceland get the penalty almost immediately after uh, Sterling scores. And, and again, like I said I only watched the, the last seven minutes live, which was, which was great. Um, so they go down the other end and uh, I think Gomez, they just get tangled up and, and you know, the guy goes down. Um, penalties given and Ward Prowse, who is not the captain, who has no business talking to the referee, is just standing on the penalty spot, clearly just destroying it. Um, it's not even, he's not even trying to hide it. And it's fantastic. Um, because he's our player, it's fantastic. Um, and then you wonder like, Oh, maybe it won't make a difference. And then the guy skies it. And I'm like thinking like, you know, he could get booked for that. Right. He could, I, I think it is a booking for, for intentionally kind of destroying the, the, the pitch or, or anything like that. Um, but what was your kind of, did you, I mean, did you see it when it happened live or did it, did it take like a, the Twitter storm that happened afterwards to to, to alert you to what he was doing.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't see it at all. But then I saw it all on Twitter afterwards. I think it's been quite a divisive act. Um, and I think I can't actually in any way view it with a kind of balance because I think it's hilarious and like classic all prowse uh, Which I don't think we'd have said it a couple of years ago because he always seemed like a nice boy from the Academy, which he, I know he hated as an image. Um, but recently that's kind of become part of him. You know, he's become somewhat a master of the dark arts Mm -hmm. um palace fans might see it slightly differently um so yeah i find that difficult because i think had it been a different player i might have been a bit more critical about it um it's not something i would actively promote but then it also kind of amuses me um which I, i don't suppose it should um tom my husband got very angry about it and said that it was very immoral and some other stuff, but you know, I struggle to get really wound up about it, and I, I probably should. Should so, um, yeah, I think it was something that is classic him that is kind of, he's kind of quite gritty, and I quite like it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, probably not something that I should actively endorse.
0: Yeah. Well, he he's very quickly gone from the guy who would make a good son-in-law, right? Because that's I think how Puel described yeah, him. Yeah,
1: Puel said yeah.
0: To to uh just in in the space of what is it two or three years just um he's he's gotten stronger, he's gotten just a little bit meaner, he is clearly in tune with what needs to be done and is willing to do it, whether that's tackles, uh cynical fouls, doing things like this. Like this is not the thing you would teach I would teach my daughters, like U 10 team, right? Like it'd be like go stop on the penalty spot because the one, the pitches that they play on are also terrible anyway. It doesn't matter. But like That's just not something you want to teach kids. But at the same time, it's like, whatever you got to do to win, that's it. You just hope maybe he he would do it against Spain or Croatia or France. not You wouldn't have to do it against Iceland, right? Yeah, it it was a signal of
1: our desperation, really, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought, because you could just kind of feel the relief from Twitter when Sterling scored, like, okay, we're going to get through this because England drawing with Iceland to to open this is not going to do it's not going to do anybody any good, right? Like nobody's going to be happy about this. And then they go down and it's like, Oh no, now, now it is going to be a draw. And, and then just the let off from when the guy skied, it was, uh, I don't know. I think, I think WordPress deserves a little bit of of credit, even if, you know, Southgate's not going to come out to the media and say, you know, super proud of him for what he did, because that's not something you want to do. But, um, I would, I would normally like take the the moral high ground and say, he shouldn't be doing that. But, um, I think I've learned in my short time watching football and watching like football especially international stuff from from several years ago is there seems to be a lot of stuff like that um there seems to be things that happen just away from the camera off the ball that that i don't pick up on because i'm not a, a kind of a native watcher of it and so i haven't I, it's, it's taken me a long time but i think that stuff happens and uh, the fact that i got caught on camera is unfortunate for him um because people are going to be mad about it but like you said it's mostly palace fans so uh forget it it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if he does it against uh against crystal palace but it won't it won't probably happen because Zaha doesn't take penalties anyway, so it doesn't matter. By the way, I think Zaha <laughs> only scored four goals last year. I think I'm right. I think it was four.
1: Not that you've looked it up, but you no. think it's probably that.
0: I think it's probably that. Um, which I'm just saying. This is not like
1: But he's yeah. definitely worth eighty million pounds, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I I would uh, definitely not pay that for him or anything. I would I hope he gets a move to just somewhere. I hope he gets the lineup against uh, next to Charlie Austin at West Brom or something. Either it'd be fantastic.
1: Or transfer to China
0: or something. Yeah. Which, well, we can, we can go on to that actually. That's a perfect segue because, um, China has, has been ruining, uh, things. They've been, you know, there's the, so the Chinese broadcasting deal is, uh, is,
1: oh, is, of course, yeah. is
0: supposed to be you know cut after a three-year deal uh, and it sounds sounds familiar right chinese company terminates three-year deal early <laughs> with with uh, blank en- english company or, or you know football club and i'm proud of, i'm kind of upset about the ld sports thing with with saints um but i think even even a bigger uh, chunk of change is that international broadcasting rights is is the most is it's the biggest chunk of of uh i think revenue for all premier league teams and is the international like Money that comes into it from broadcasting, and so to have China pull out of that after such a short time being involved, I think it's I think it's almost six hundred million pounds total, and that three year deal that's that's now just not going to be there, and so um, I'm a little bit worried about that, but especially in the in the era of we're not sure when people are going back or how how full the stadium will be and what actual revenue will be, so I think that's that's concerning for the Premier League as a whole. Um, I'm not sure if you care about that or have a have any have a thought about that at all or or anything like that.
1: I suppose my only kind of the only kind of good thing about that is that it will affect all teams kind of to a certain extent. I presume it's all being split the the loss is split amongst us so I guess in terms of a, of competition, it's not such an issue um and perhaps you know a lot of the the top clubs that do particularly well for kind of Chinese fan bases it might affect them more. I don't know if that's a decent theory um, but as for the l d sports thing. I don't think given how sketchy the whole thing seemed at the beginning and the impact that COVID-19 had on kind of international economies that we can be incredibly surprised. I do think there's a decent chance that had the pandemic not happened, it could have rattled on a bit longer. I think probably Saints got unlucky in that sense that, that this has kind of magnified the problems with what they agreed to. Um, but I think we all had certain reservations about the l d sports agreement before before this. Um, yeah. There were you know cases of people trying to find some evidence of it on the internet. Um, I was briefly kind of reassured when espanol also got sponsored by them because I thought, well, at least you know there's someone else involved in this weird nonsense um but I think it's it's fairly evident that saints saw a figure that they liked and for whatever reason they turned a blind eye to the kind of various issues to do with whether they actually existed what their purpose was what their intentions were um and i think they've paid the price for that um i don't think they're unusual I, i don't think for a minute that premier league clubs are the bastions of morality and kind of checking the sources of their income Um, And I think we've seen plenty of other cases across the Premier League where teams have been guilty of taking money from fairly questionable sources. Um, But I don't think as much as we might be outraged, we might be taking legal action against them or whatever, I don't think we can claim to have no idea that there were problems with that finance and that that finance might not be the most reliable if the economy, for whatever reason, had a problem. So um, there's that. I think there's also the issue of who we replace them with, which has caused kind of an, another layer to it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
0: Not, not good. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come to that but I just want to, I just want to ask you though, like, as, as a, a football fan, as a fan of, uh, of the club, I, I, I guess, what, are, what are you feelings? Like, do fans have the right to be? Upset by by the fact that money's coming into the club because ultimately we want money there, right? We want to be able to buy these players. We want to. We have to show, you know, not intent, but what's the uh, ambition, right? Like we're, we don't, There's no ambition. That's what gets thrown around on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, if
1: there's no money. There's no ambition.
0: That's right, so cool. and, and and so you want these players to come in. So so you understand to an extent the club. Taking the extra two and a half million pounds a season for three seasons, and and kind of casting a blind eye as to as to what this company is. But I, what what's upset me the most is I think that the club just they didn't do their homework, and I want the club to do that because the sustainability of of the club is more important than us getting a new midfielder, right? Like I, I and I just think that that doing something like this, like I refuse to let them off the hook this time because they made a mistake in in opting for the figure that they saw that they liked instead of taking a a few million pounds less. And I realized that I'm not, not, I don't run a business. I've never run a business. Like my finances are like hardly like what, what people should like model theirs after. But it it upsets me to to a a fairly large extent that they did that and then tried to spin it as, Oh, you know, they, they, we had to end our our partnership early because of this. And it's like, no one, it's a startup. Like nobody expected it to last three years because most of them don't. Um, 2 they're 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 shelling out money, and it's you can see like all of these companies in China and the money in China going out towards towards foreign football, especially English football. But buying, and then they're they're also buying all these players they are bringing in, and then you can see China putting limits on this, and so you 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 realize that you're dealing, you're kind of playing with fire by by even going oh. into the deal like that. And then I I just I refuse to to to, to let them off the hook and say, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. This, this shouldn't, this should have never happened in terms of LD sports should have upheld their end of the bargain. Like I I don't, I just don't buy it. And it, and and then, and then going into the fact that it's a betting sponsor now, like that, that angered me as well. Um, and I'll just, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on it, but I'll just, I'll I'll put my (laughs) foot in my mouth before you can tell me to shut up. Um, the, you know, I'm i
1: think you're quite right. I think also what particularly grates with people is that we're told as a fan base that we don't spend ridiculous amounts of money because we are concentrating on being sustainable right. and planning, you know, business in a in a right and proper way, which means that we you know are stable and we know where our money's coming from and we have a regular source of income and we're on top of our wage bill, et cetera, et cetera. And then you hear them commit to these kinds of deals. And as you rightly said, I thought Simmons had a really good attempt. at be, You know, with that kind of interview with the Athletic, being like, "We're really outraged." You know, they've not—they've let us down. We will be taking legal action, as if there's some kind of major shock. As if you, you can't look at the, the nuts and bolts of the original deal and not see some kind of issue with it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think, judging by the, the reaction I've seen from other people, he, he's probably done quite an effective job because a lot of people. You know, are very ready to say, "Oh, you know, Chinese income, blah 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 blah." They don't like it. They, they yeah. they're kind of quite cynical, cynical about it. Yeah. And and it works to a certain extent because it plays off certain kind of agendas that people have about Chinese, you know, involvement in, in English yeah. football. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I just I have massive problems with it. And and then as you said, replacing it with a betting company. Now the difficulty here is. Yes, the the majority of English football clubs, certainly in the Premier League, are sponsored by a betting company. Yeah. So so yes, kind of on a, on a very pragmatic level, maybe we shouldn't be that surprised that we end up with a betting company, as, especially when we're clearly scraping around quickly to try and find some kind of new revenue. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this club sells itself, not only going back to that original thing as a sustainable club that's built on sensible finance, but also as a family club, Which is, you know, in the past hinted that it wasn't interested in that kind of income. So (laughs) you're putting quite a lot of your principles to one side at the moment for both of these deals. Um, But it almost feels like the first screw-up kind of sold them down the river on the second one. They almost didn't really have a choice because we're not in a financial position where we can say sorry, we'll go without a sponsor this season because we can't find one that we think is you know, suitable for the ethos of the club. So I'm not comfortable with a a betting company. That's not what I thought Southampton was about. But at the same time, I'm not going to get on my high horse and say, I don't want to have anything to do with this football club because fundamentally sponsorship is a massive part for for, for Premier League football on every level. Um, And we didn't really have a choice once we'd screwed up the LD sports thing. Um, So... Yeah, I'm not very really impressed with the whole thing, to be fair. And I think the club have had to kind of scramble to spin it. Um, as far as I can tell, Saints um, fans still can't buy a shirt, can they now? Because they've had to pull all the old shirts and yeah. don't have replacements for the new ones. Um, it all seems a bit of a bit of a general mix-up. Is, is it one year deal, this it's,
0: new it's a one-year deal? It's a one-year deal, yeah. So it, it's totally an emergency thing. And they had dealt with sportsbet.io in the past. And I think in that athletic article, they were able to pull the the, the deal together in just three days. So it wow. shows that there was, you know, there was already some sort of partnership there. It's it's like I said, it's not my favorite. I I I won't buy the shirt with sports better sports betting uh, company on it. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just I won't. And it's I mean yeah I not We we I mean gambling is 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 a weird thing. But like there was a the whole thing in like. Uh, racing here in the United States when they forced them to stop uh, using cigarettes uh, as a or, or cigarette brands as a as a sponsor and it was this huge deal and like my parents both smoke my dad's got lung cancer like you know like we've been through it with that and so I just don't want to see those things I have friends who, who struggle with gambling and that's probably why I am where I am on this and um, there are plenty of people who can do it responsibly and enjoy it and it's it's part of of what they do when they you know. Throw a tenor on on what on Leicester City to win the league or Danny Ings to win Golden Boot or, or whatever it is like, and that's fine. But I just don't want to see it. I mean, the fact that you can't print it on the kids' shirts says says like, it all. Yeah, Rick. you know, <laughs> if it's not good enough for them, like, can I can I get a kids' shirt in in an adult large? Is that a thing?
1: And also, just on the side note, the Bitcoin bit on it <laughs> that really annoys me, just irrationally annoys me. Any other sponsor, I'd be like, that's all right, but that that Bitcoin thing, ah. Oh, Get off. And also, I think there's another layer to this. Um, As far as I'm aware, sportsbet.io are are an offshore company. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's adding another layer of um, not being quite comfortable with this, you know, just from a kind of tax and and kind of legislation perspective as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's ideal in any means, but once you've done the LD Sports Saga, you yeah. You probably left yourself with very little option.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we teach kids not to do as a high school teacher, right? You want options. Options are good. Like limiting your options, making decisions that are going to limit your future options, not great. Um, but I, and here's here's my other thing. I'm just going to continue to pile on the club because I'm I don't um, I, like the, <laughs> I do not know why. I like I I do like this club. I am very happy to be a End supporter. I'm just not happy about this. Um, but the I think losing the sponsorship and realizing you need to get back some of that. They could have shirred up this money by having a more reliable sponsor. We we know that. But if you're also going to go after this company, I don't know if this company has any money to give us. Like the that that might be the thing is that there's just no money there. But, if they are, you know, they said in the article, they, they had already, they're, they are pursuing this and they are going to, to fight for this. And if that's the case, if you're going to get that money anyway, you could have done a lot better than sportsbet.io. You didn't actually need their money right now um, to, to do that. I'm going to
1: say that that may be because they're not very confident about getting any money.
0: Okay. Because I,
1: I feel like a lot of the, we're taking them to court, blah, 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 was more of the kind of. Needing to put a spin on it, I don't know okay. if I'm being cynical about it. Okay, but no. I'm thinking if they suddenly pulled out of a deal, which and there never really was evidence of them are we really confident that we can squeeze seven and a half million pounds out of them? Yeah. I, I I, don't think we are. And I think you're right. Cause I think if they were confident that they were, they probably could have got away with a year of having the Saints Foundation on the show or something.
0: Yeah. Or, me? or, uh, I think that would have been great. Or, uh, I've, I've said this in the newsletter now and, and, uh, it'll be on the, in that number podcast, which I was on earlier. Uh, thanks guys. Uh, they, they, you know, with everything that the, the country has gone through and the world has gone through, slap the NHS on the front of the shirt and just say, We're not charging you for this. Like, we just want to do this because it's the right thing to do. And that would have been, and I realize, like, I've said it a thousand times, like, this is all rainbows and unicorns in terms of how I'm thinking about it. But that would have won over, like, no, Saints fans would have, yeah, I, I, I just would don't have, think, I would have let have it go. It's not going to happen
1: a, No.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And I think also, if you were going to have a club that would do that, it would be one that was in a much stronger financial position than we are. Um, particularly in terms of the interest of the owner and whether the owner can get money invested and whether the owner wants to sell and all that rumbling on Um, probably had to be a stronger club that was going to do that. And yeah, I think they've just, they've shown how desperate is a bit unfair, but you know, it's shown how much that that sponsorship money is an issue and it it has to come in. So that's what it is. And I think probably also they got their business done early, which Mm -hmm. I think Simmons alluded to in that athletic article. That almost made it even more important that they they sorted the, the um, sponsorship out because they'd spent all that money on study and walk peters so yeah you got to balance I we should get onto that i've segued into that as well now yeah
0: you you are you are good at this um and i should say that we are not sponsored by the athletic nor do i have a 40 percent off code for you to try um, but I am a subscriber and I think the it's, it's, it's really good. So if nobody's out there, if you're, if you're out there, if, if nobody's out there, then great. Uh, cause nobody will hear this, um, my rambling on, but if you haven't done it, um, you sound like you are still a subscriber. I, I stayed on as well. Um,
1: I am at till the end of the month. I haven't decided whether I'm extending. Ooh, okay. I'm still mourning the loss of Carl, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's still there. He's just.
1: As a Man United person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, doing. Yeah.
1: I can't get on board with that. No, I've okay. already got a boss that's a Man United fan. I, too much Man United, and you just feel a bit nauseous, don't you? Really?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's one kid walking around school last year with a West Ham kit. So, um,
1: oh, that, that's that's not good. How did that happen? Uh,
0: that's the question. Is, where did you get it? He goes, "I just like the color." And I go, "You're you're what's wrong with America? Um, you I spent, try
1: Burnley instead. You know, you similar spent, color." You spent
0: hundred dollars on a on a kit that just yeah, but name you like on the, the color. Like I. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. No, Not some me.
1: people do that though, don't they? It's more of a kind of fashion
0: statement than a Yeah.
1: I, I, still, I still can't guess the left hand's a fashion statement either. No. I
0: mean no. and I think don't they have a betting company on the front too?
1: Yes, they do. Yeah.
0: See? Yeah. And, and, oh. and that's the thing is I can I can wear the uh the Virgin Media logo to school and the kids just make fun of me for having giant yeah, virgin, virgin on my, my chest, yeah. which is like yeah, what fair. high school kids do. It's great. Um I can't. I, I'm not allowed to wear. Uh, somebody have bought me a Celtic shirt from a long time ago. Can't wear that because it's got beer or, or uh, alcohol on it. Um,
1: uh, yeah.
0: Can't wear the bedding to school, so it, it, it ru- ruins my whole uh, my whole Friday or any midday midweek match thing of wearing a shirt. So um, anyway, let's talk about other ways the club is losing money um, in terms of transfers. Uh, not because i don't think investing
1: come on investing money i'm talking
0: about like wesley hoot and
1: uh oh okay yeah just slushing it away there (laughs)
0: Mario lamina yeah no um can we can we talk about lamina and reed both both going to fulham and we'll get on to because i i i can assume you're happy with salisu and and kyle walker peters and and what they'll do but i want to i want to get all the negative out and then we'll we'll end it on a high um kind of like our the way our season went last year um so I mean, Lamina, we couldn't sell him um, because nobody can afford him and his wages and all of that other stuff. Um, but is the loss of Reed to you on a permanent deal? Is that is that? I mean, we are a little light in midfield. Maybe is that a is that a problem for you?
1: I think we are light in midfield, and I think there should be kind of a a will from the club to try and replace Hoybier. I think McKenny was linked for a while, and of course he's ended up going to Juventus. So I'm not going to try and persuade. People that we should be competing against Juventus for a player but um, I think that was something they were clearly looking at and I think it is something we need to do I had thought for a while that Reed would be that that player that they tried just because we're clearly not a club that has a load of finance um, he'd impressed quite a lot in the championship and, a, and obviously Fulham and I, I think a couple of other clubs were interested in taking him this season so I thought that that might be what we tried just from a kind of, kind of pragmatic perspective more than anything seems to me that for whatever reason either you know Ralph couldn't promise him regular minutes and he wasn't interested in being a bench player which I can totally get at 25 you want to be a regular player in whatever team you're playing in Um, or he you know he just decided that he'd rather just play for Fulham where he's kind of already built up an influence and and a kind of an appreciation with Scott Barker so I'm I'm not going to pretend that I'm devastated because I'm I'm not I thought he was a useful player to have around, but I think once we got into that situation with his contract, which, you know, seems like a recurring theme at the moment, mm-hmm. um, we probably didn't have a, a lot of options. Um, a lot of op- Not a lot of options again as well. Ugh, oh, it keeps happening. Uh, anyway, we had to um, get rid of him. The fact that we've managed to get Lamina off at the same time, I think, is a result. Um, get his wages off the books. I think now... I've heard conflicting reports on the main thing. I've heard people say that Fulham have an option to buy. And I've heard people say that they have an obligation to buy if they stay up. What have you heard on that one?
0: I've heard both as well. And I'm choosing to believe because I'm going to be positive that it, it is the obligation to buy if they stay up. And I think he has to make a certain number of appearances, which makes it okay. to me less likely. I heard they have to stay up and he's got to make 20 appearances or, or something like that. And then I, I don't know. I don't know how it all kind of works out i will say that the, the rumors around everything everybody pretending to know what's happening is is difficult to to make and hilarious
1: of. i love that also people are very sure about what these players go for even though they're
0: all undisclosed yeah
1: and then they all come up with a different figure anyway um so that's great um but lamina going out on loan i think that's best i know a lot of people kind of pine after him a little bit because there is no doubt that he has a lot of talent that he has the ability to kind of shape and define a game but he does it so infrequently that I have absolutely no interest in carrying him for the five games out of six when he doesn't do it. Yeah. and I think he's such a horrible match for the style of football we now play, where you're expected to do so much off the ball because, let's face it, he doesn't really have the appetite for it. Right. And I think from a Fulham perspective, what the hell are you doing? Like, of all the people <laughs> to have in a Premier League relegation battle, which I think realistically Fulham probably are going to be in or around about why would you go for Mario Lamina? I, like, I, um, the CEO at Fulham, I can't remember his name.
0: I don't know, but he likes to spend money. It's, uh, he does like to spend money. He's the, he, he owns the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that guy.
1: Yeah, that guy. Whoever he is, he was like, oh yeah, we've been looking through Lemina's stats and we really like the look of him. So we think he's one of our priorities for the summer. And literally I just didn't know what I was reading. Um, <laughs> so I think they've done really well with the read transfer. I think 8 million is a bit of a steal to be quite frank. Cause Eight million doesn't really buy you anything anymore, right? But they've had to take Lamina in the process, so I think you know it's, it's a decent deal. I think for, for Saints to get to get Lamina out the door at the same time, um, I don't think we'll end up selling him next summer as much as I'd love to. Um, but you know that's that's kicked that can down the road. Um, yeah. Then we still have the likes of Hoot and Carrillo and uh, all that, all those. Although Hoot, I love that Hoot claimed at the beginning of summer that he had loads of options that he was definitely going to get a move and it's gone
0: completely dead yeah yeah It's because they looked at the stats they <laughs> weren't impressed <laughs> um I, I, apparently uh, people are saying he's on loan to to Anderlecht I think um so we'll see but I mean the problem with all of these guys is they were all in, and we should say that that the the, the hierarchy at Southampton now are not you know, it's heavily changed from what made these signings that have kind of hampered us financially and, and prevented us from really going after players maybe in in the, in the transfer market. But the, the LD sports deal was signed by the people who are in power now. So like they've all made mistakes that have cost us granted. I I bet you the player, like if you look at the wages, these guys are on and just the, (laughs) the amortization table, uh, from, from their transfers, like they're costing us much, much more. But, um, yeah, that that that's there, but no who probably is going to wind up going on loan every year until his contract runs out because there's no reason for him to take a huge pay cut um to to play because he'll know he knows we'll send him out on loan and he'll play somewhere else that he actually likes and and we'll continue to pay his wages and he'll be, you know, essentially set for life as a result. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. moving on
1: slightly, yeah. more positive news.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Salisu and, and, KWP for, for a minute. Um, I, I was impressed with KWP, especially after the restart, when he got a consistent run of games, I was impressed when I think I want to say he got an assist in the the seven, one over Swansea that I was pretty happy with, uh, I think for the opening goal, but I mean, are you, I, I assume you're, you're happy with, with the fact that we've, we've locked him up now and, and he's our player and, and hopefully, you know. We see him bombing down that, that right hand side with Armstrong tucking in a little bit uh to to allow him space and I think it'll all be it'll all be great.
1: Yeah, I'm really positive about it. Um I think it's unusual that you get the opportunity to kind of test drive a player before you have to buy them. Yeah. Um and I, and I thought from the way the KWPP loan deal had been set up that it was literally gonna be a kind of stop gap um until we had the summon to kind of reassess that position. I'm assuming he impressed more than they expected or, or Ralph was more keen or or the Heubier kind of interest from Spurs kind of created that kind of dynamic for the deal to happen because I didn't expect it to happen. Um, but I, I've been really impressed with him. I think he's a good age. I think he's got a good kind of personality and he seems to impress people. And I think, as you said, he's building a good relationship with Armstrong on that right wing. So I think it's it's a really positive one. I think... I've seen twelve million seems to be the kind of consensus on that fee. Does that sound right? Ten million, twelve million.
0: According to Transfermarkt, you are uh, you are correct. Eleven point nine seven million is the fee. So yeah, twelve million. From Keeping Spurs. that
1: thirty grand back for something else. Yeah, basically. yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, and we gave Hoiberg to them for Transfermarkt's figure is is fourteen point nine four. So essentially fifteen million. Um, so I mean, we get a player who's who's twenty three. Who obviously fits our system who who addresses a need that we have because Valerie kind of didn't kick on uh for whatever reason oh. uh, sickness virus off field issues everything um and so I think that's I think I think that's great um I think Bertrand looks like he's a little bit uh he's hungry as well, which is great
1: um, I was going to say about that that fee which is kind of why I asked about it um i th- I think Matthew Cash from Forrest has just gone to Villa, also a right back who I think we were interested in um at one stage the season for like 16, 17 million. And I think to get someone that's already got Premier League minutes and has already been kind of tested to a certain extent is really impressive when you consider what people are having to pay elsewhere. So I think when you look at Jamal Lewis, who, for example, is going to Newcastle, um, he's a similar case. You know, I think it's like 18 or 19 million. And again, he's only had a a season of of Premier League football. So I think it it looks like good value to me as well, not just um, kind of a convenient deal. So I'm, I'm really positive about that. And I think... He's obviously got a long-term deal, and would you would hope just kind of the peak of his career be at Saint? So that's that's really good to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the other defensive signing, obviously Salisu. Um, I was able to talk to somebody who kind of scouted him and and, and looked at him kind of in depth, but just on the surface, are you are you are you feeling like I, I think the 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 deal with him is he's definitely going to come in almost like Bednarak did, where he wasn't he's not going to be expected to make a start right away or be a starter right away, but you could see him start to get more and more games. We may see him um he's still I think rehabbing an injury, but um with just how fast these fixtures are going to come, if we make any kind of a cup run, he could be involved uh as soon as he's fit. And I and I think that eventually you will see him start to take or he could take some of those 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 minutes away from either Stevens or Bednarak. And um I think he right now he fits better alongside Stevens. Um but I like Bednarak a lot, and I don't think there's any reason to replace him. So uh, I don't know what 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 are you thinking about about Salisu in in terms of that uh, addressing a definite need in, in the squad. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the Kevin Danso loan clearly didn't work out, um, and we obviously lost Dushida in January. So I think there was a need in the squad to have another centre back. Um, I think some of Yannick Vestergaard's comments recently suggest to me he thinks he's closer to starting regularly than I realistically think he is. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm surprised, given how much interest seems to be in him at one stage, that we haven't actually had a deal made there. Um, but probably he he's needed as well from a kind of depth perspective. Um, I've not I'm not going to pretend that I've seen loads of Salisu, um because I haven't. But from everything I've read and all the kind of stats I've seen and what people have been saying about him, as well as his ability on Football Manager. Um, I think he, he looks like a really good signing. Um, he looks like a lot more of the kind of signing we want to make in terms of age and profile and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would actually like to see him next to Bednarek. I think people will say that Stevens um probably has more kind of on the ball to kind of grant him a place, but I just think Bednarek is has been he's not really done anything wrong and I still, and I know this is bad, have trouble trusting Stevens. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's going to be a while before I can. Yeah, um, and I still feel like he's got like a mistake in him. Um, so I, I would have Ben Reckon Sadiki when when he's ready. But I do agree that it's going to be a while before at that stage. I think what with the injury and the fact that Ralph historically likes to spend a long time with a player before he lets them kind of run loose, if you think about how long it took Walker-Peters Walker to have a go, uh-huh. despite the fact we didn't really have any choices, right. um, suggests to me that he you know, likes to check that a player is ready for it. And I think we saw Adams thrown in um, at the beginning of the season and for whatever reason it didn't really work out. And then we didn't see him for a very long time after that. Um, makes me think that he he will want to be very sure about a player before he starts kind of... Unsettling what is now a very settled kind of first 11. So, yeah, I think it'll be a little while before we see him, but I think it's very exciting. Um, and it's clearly one of those ones I think that people that the club will be looking at as a potential kind of development prospect that we might be able to sell on. I know people don't like me saying that because you know, no one likes to think they're buying a player to sell them again, but that yeah. one kind of particularly sticks out to me as one that could work out that way um, in terms of his relative inexperience and his kind of – he's kind of in that kind of mold. He's a left-sided centre-back, which, you know, we're always kind of in short supply. And he's kind of got a lot of the kind of physical attributes that top, top clubs will be interested in if he can kind of develop the other aspects of his game.
0: Yeah, and he, he hasn't been playing organised football that long, which no. which mean, which means there's, there's ample room to, to grow. There's no – it's not a guarantee that he will but there's ample room to, to, to get there. So we can, we can hope, um, that is the case. And, and like, as you said, it, it'll be a while with Ralph, the way he works, we're probably, uh, I'll ask you in a, in a few minutes to, to kind of lay out who you think is going to start next weekend. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure we're going to arrive at about the same thing. Um, but before we do that, I, I do want to ask you, um, I secretly ask you for FPL advice more often than I'm willing to like actually admit. Um, and sometimes I just say, oh, I was just like thinking about this just to see if you go, are you crazy? Like, why would you do that? And then I won't <laughs> do it. Um, but
1: I don't think we've actually had that yet.
0: No, you've never done that, which is great. Cause it makes me think, uh, I listened to one fantasy, uh, football podcast just to go you know, like, okay, this seems logical. Like, I think I can do this. Um, I still don't know how to use my chips, so I think I ended last year with still having some, which I know is like bad.
1: Oh yes, a big no-no.
0: Yeah, I, I got the triple captain off. It uh, got me four points, uh, or three points, or something like that. I think. Uh, yes,
1: I, I triple captain managed one point. Yeah, so
0: that that went really well. I think I had a city player. It didn't work. Um, but anyway, I mean, in terms of Saints assets, are you going to have? Ings in your team are you is there somebody else that you think fits based on on price and uh, you know potential performance or, or what are you what are you thinking about at this point
1: well I'm thinking that actually the people that run FPL have actually been quite generous because I think they've looked at our kind of overall position as opposed to kind of the trajectory we're on yeah and also I'm ever the optimist so I like to think that we're going to continue that trajectory. So I think we nearly all of our assets have been assets as they FPL players like to call it assets, we'll just call them players. Um, all of our players have been undervalued more or less, I think, um, Jan Valerie being priced more expensive than Walker Peters was a bit of a blunder on their part, but we'll, we'll move past it because that's good news to people. Yeah. Um, I think in my opinion, other than Ings, who is a solid option because, you know, the guy just scored 22 Premier League goals, you know. He's, He's always going to be a good option and uh, eight and a half million is fine. That's fine. But apart from Ings, I think McCarthy's well-priced. There aren't very many four and a half million pound goalkeepers and he's one of the better ones, I'd say. Decent option. Carl um, Walker-Pleases, four pieces half million again. Decent option. I, I think there aren't that many four and a half million pound defenders that I'd want. And he's probably one of them. So again, bargains. I think um Armstrong is five and a half million, which is, pretty cheap for a midfielder especially one who kind of plays in that wide 10 position that Hasenhutl Hasenhutl likes to call it Mm -hmm. so I think he's a good option Um, particularly as he's half a million cheaper than ward Prowse and a full million cheaper than Redmond Um, and then I think the other option and the one I've kind of warmed up on quite a lot over the summer is Adams he's only six million and six million doesn't normally get you a lot in the in this striker category. And I think given how well he finished the end of the season, I think that's probably quite a good purchase. Our opening pitch is quite good. and he's a full two and a half million pounds cheaper than Ings, and I, I'm at the moment struggling to justify spending that extra money okay. on Danny. So um, I think Adams may be in for me. Well, it's, a, it's a week for me to change though. So perhaps not.
0: If Adams gets in your team, is he your first sub or is he in your starting lineup?
1: always oh, in my starting lineup okay. no my, my bench is normally pretty weak at this stage of the season because until you build up from team value it was probably not a lot of yeah. point having a lot on there so i usually yeah, go away
0: so oh That's okay team loses value. <laughs> which again i'm not good at this my my goal every year is just don't finish bottom like don't embarrass yourself uh which is is okay i can do that usually um and it's all and, about ambition no yeah i don't i don't have ambition um And I can say that the first year I played fantasy baseball or fantasy American football or even fantasy, uh, premier league, I did very, very well. I kind of not having a clue. And then like you get a little bit of a clue and then you just blow it. And then it's from there, it's just like, okay, just make, just, you know, I listen to the something
1: Kruger effect, isn't it?
0: It's terrible. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, sometimes I just uh, like, I walked away from all the rest of the fantasy sports in America because I'm just like, I'm going to go out on, on a high, um, and just, just call it good. And, and anybody, ta- anytime anybody brings up the fact that I finished dead last in our fantasy baseball league, I'll just say like, I had to change my lineup like 162 times. And I just didn't have that kind of, that, that's a commitment that I just, I'm not willing to make. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's fine. I, I haven't built my team yet. Uh, I also don't have a good name, but I, I will, uh, I'll, you
1: have I'll, a good name. Uh, that. That's what you say for surely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually the, the names I come up with are not like premier league names. So, uh, I'm going oh, okay. to have to come up like, cause they're easier cause there's just more options. Um, but I, I should have a good saying. I've never had a good saints, but I've never had a good premier league one. They're always just um, usually things I can't actually they won't let me write them in there a lot of times, the ones that I want to use because they they're bad words. But um
1: And also then there's the the character limits, that's pretty confining as well.
0: Yeah. I always come up with ones that are too long. Yeah, and I'm not gonna use the name of the podcast because I don't want to once again embarrass myself. But um Is that is that the, define you too too early? People will know who it is, so you don't don't want it. Yeah, yeah. I want them to have to do some digging. Like, oh what is this guy doing? Oh, that's who it is. Like that nobody <laughs> nobody cares that much. Um, that guy
1: that podcast about football every
0: week. Yeah, you think he knows? Uh, people will find if you ever ask me anything else about any other like team or whatever, I'm just like, I got nothing. I got, I got one. I'm a one-trick pony here. It's it's just <laughs> Southampton Football Club. Um, unless I'm talking to somebody who's never heard of football before, and then I sound smart. But uh, not. not oh, I not, love those people. Yeah, I love those people. It's uh, I try not to explain things to people all the time because it's just not not necessary. But uh, you know. Anyway, um, we have a couple of of listener questions and they kind of address the other things that I was going to ask you about anyway. Um, And I've tried really hard to avoid just the standard opening season questions, but we will get to at least a few of those, mostly because I have one concern. Um, uh, Luke Millard, 505, one of the patrons of the show, and they have um, priority for having their questions answered on the show each week. Um, He asks, can we keep four keepers happy all season or does one need to go off? Uh, On loan or a transfer? Um, What's your what's your idea about our goalkeeping situation? Do you do you uh, what do you what do you see happening? Well,
1: I think we're still paying the price for giving Forster that ridiculous contract. Um, I think we assumed he'd go to Celtic and that would all be smoothed over, and clearly he's not interested in doing that. So that's made life awkward. I wondered, and I think a few people have suggested this, that Gunn would go on loan um, because, you know, clearly he isn't going to get on the te- get in the team anytime soon. Has probably tarnished his reputation to a certain extent where it comes to 9 nils and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think there's probably the opportunity for him to kind of resurrect things at, at his stage of his career. I would think that there's the opportunity for him to go somewhere else, build a bit of confidence. Because people were very, very positive about him before he came, as much as it was a bizarre transfer because it wasn't really what we needed, Um, you could see why he'd been recruited. Um, So I did wonder if he'd go elsewhere to kind of try and, as I say, kind of resurrect things and and get things back on track. Because I think forced is always going to be a difficult one to shift out because presumably you've got to work out an agreement about the wages because no one's going to take all of them. And... He has certain limitations as far as I'm concerned, which means that Premier League clubs wouldn't be that interested. So, yes, I don't I don't know if the current situation is really tenable and I wouldn't be surprised to see Gunn go out um, on a temporary basis before the end of the window. I, I think people forget, actually, the windows. We don't, we don't close the window until October, so right. there's still quite a lot of time
0: for things to move. Yeah, and, I mean, with the age of, of Forster McCarthy... Gun still has time to go out on yeah, loan. Absolutely. Come back and and I think that's important. I think I think selling him now would be a bit of a panic move. Um, yeah. And and so I don't necessarily want to see that happen. Uh, I do I do feel like like you do though that he needs to go out and play. Um, he's been a first team regular in the championship. I don't really want to see him go lower than that. I want to see him go somewhere. Yeah, there's and, no point, is there? Yeah. So it's it, he's not. I mean, we saw some guys go on loan to like you know basically non league clubs uh you know uh, at some point it's just like what's happening um you know they're they I hope they're better than that but uh, we'll just have to see kind of what happens to Gunn. so and, and also looking at the squad uh Luke asks you know do we need do we need a replacement for hoyberg or a backup for romeu which one which one is it which, what what are we looking for potentially in in the transfer market do you think and what do you think we need i guess
1: i think we need a replacement for hoyberg i at the same time, I think we do, but I wouldn't panic if if we didn't. Um, I think we need a body of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> I know that sounds incredibly sophisticated. Um, we need one of those two things. We need a backup to. We need a young backup to Ramay because I don't think I know people are very enthusiastic about Smallbone. I know Ralph is particularly enthusiastic about Smallbone, but I don't think he's ready to be starting games in the Premier League as a central midfielder. Yeah, um, I think that was quite clear from the way he was used at the beginning, at the end of last season. And given that we've had a shortened break, I don't think we can really reasonably guess that he would have moved on significantly from that player yeah. um, in in the interim. So I, d- I don't think we're at that stage. So I think we do need someone who is capable of starting in the Premier League as a central midfielder, whether that is someone of a kind of significant ability that he replaces Romeo or he kind of comes in as comp- competition for Romelu. But it does feel like we are incredibly short in in central midfield at the moment. Um, I'm not actually that, and, and you'll probably have actually a much stronger opinion on this than I do, um, because you'll have seen more of him. But mcKenney, I actually heard incredibly mixed things about him. And so the idea that we've missed out at him on him at quite a considerable fee for a club of our size, that doesn't irk me in, Incredibly, what does concern me is that doesn't seem to be any noise about an alternative and i am wondering if they still need to get more players off the books before we can do it i have seen today boo foul was linked with a move yeah i'm wondering if that needs to happen before they can get someone through the door um but yeah i do think we need a body of some kind um it's just a question of what the club can finance i think they'd be incredibly naive to go beyond the end of the window without someone in there. Yeah. T- given that you don't even have the option of Lamina or Reed now. So.
0: Right. Right. Um, I think my, my thoughts on, on uh, McKinney um, having uh, Dave Lee, a friend of mine and listener to the show and patron um, is a Shulker fan. So talk to him quite a bit and, and definitely mixed, definitely not the polished product. But I think if you look like m- I'm almost not even sure if we were ever actually interested just because of the price but um he ticks all the boxes in terms of age in terms of of attributes and the 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 ability to grow uh and mature and and improve uh on those things um the position he plays it fits a need for us um it just all would have kind of worked and it was almost too perfect um and i actually and i could be you know people can disagree but i think he's missed uh he's missed something by going to Juve instead of coming to us, which sounds stupid, but I think he's going to go there and, and he's going to struggle for minutes. Most likely he is. I'm not sure he's going to fit that system as well as he would have fit into Ralph's system. And I think Ralph has a track record of improving players and, and making players better, especially in in, in when they're that young and our club is good at that. And I think, had he come to us he still could have gone to Juve on the next transfer and he would have been in a better position to really challenge for a starting place but that said you can't really like go like hey don't go to Juve like that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah it's like, not you know, going to happen you know. is it um so so I can I can be that and, and I'm definitely probably biased about it because I'm I'm obviously a Southampton fan and I wanted him here and and I would love for an American to to play for us and just be a, a real standout player but um he was expensive and and he was we're going to have to suffer some growing pains with him. And maybe if you're going to pay that much money for a player, you're not really willing to do that yet. But um, especially in a position where we're probably going to need him to play almost right away. But then you look at other options and it's like, well, everybody else is going to have to prove themselves too. So, so I, am so I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure um, about, about that, but I definitely think I, if we're going to buy somebody, I would rather it be uh, a replacement for, for Hoiberg and not a, uh, just a, just a backup. I don't, uh, I don't really want to see us spend any significant amount of money just to, to fill a, a gap if they're not going to start. Uh, and even though I, I think we probably actually, like, as you said, need a body just to fill out the squad almost. But I just, I hate to see that because we've had, we've, uh, the squad is bloated as it is. It's just not where we need it. You know, like we have, we have too many center backs and, and a guy who doesn't score, Um, you know, on loan somewhere. And, yeah. you know, that. We're still. Suffering I
1: suppose I should have elaborated more in sense that the backup to Romeo needed to be someone that we could develop into something more than a backup right, to Romeo, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Rather than yeah, just a body that's yeah. just you know,
0: so someone yeah, yeah. rubbish. Um. Lastly, last like Jeff
1: Hendrick, for example. Sorry, I just wanted to get a Jeff Hendrick dig in because Newcastle, Tom thinks it's a really good sign for Newcastle, so I just had to get to get that in.
0: I don't think I don't think he is. I, I and I I don't know who he is. So I <laughs> once again one trick. Oh, no, it's
1: from Burnley. From okay. Burnley.
0: Well, gross. Like. Yeah. Burnley, how often do Burnley midfielders touch the ball? Right, they watch it go over their head one way and over their head the other way, and then buy them on the ground going, when the other team counterattacks. Like that's what happens. So
1: that is the best put down I've had. Right, that's great. I'll I'll pass that on.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I hate Burnley. Um, uh, Mowgli underscore Young on Instagram says, uh, "With Tottenham being the latest club to feature in a documentary special, is it something that either of us would like to see?" some point at some point from saints um i mean the fact that they titled it all or nothing was fantastic because in the end it's nothing right like you got nothing
1: and with spurs it generally is
0: yeah yeah which is which is great um but i mean would you want to see the behind the scenes of Saints? i I kind of think about it and
1: i'm just thinking public demand for it yeah i think about saints is probably very low um i think actually last season would have been a really good documentary because you obviously go from the kind of the general positivity pre- in preseason to the nine nil, where we looked absolutely down and out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know the kind of positivity of post lockdown. That would probably probably be quite kind of a decent thing to watch.
0: Yeah, the story. I just think in there.
1: general, though, just not really. And also, I just don't think you'd get much. I think it'd be quite a cagey documentary because I think there's still a, a certain guardedness from from the club about their kind of like communications with fans and the public more generally yeah I just don't think it would be I don't think it would yield much kind of in terms of getting kind of genuine insight into how the clubs run so um actually no not really and um, probably also people would then judge me more you know
0: for being reasons, a fan yeah so I feel like I feel like I
1: probably should be more positive on that question
0: no I mean I I, I feel like if they did it it would wind up being three twenty minute episodes and they would just put it on the club's YouTube channel because that's that's about what it, you would get because I'm not sure, like you said, you would get a lot out of it. Um, we don't seem to be very forthcoming with information. We don't have, I mean, Hassan hoodle is, I guess, uh, a pretty charismatic figure, but he's not, I'm not sure he's enough to carry the, nah. you know, he's not Jose Mourinho who I haven't watched the Tottenham thing, but everything I've read says he's fantastic, um, in this. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really watch TV. I listen to podcasts and I watch saints and I watch some other football, but not much, as you can tell by my other knowledge. Um, and, yeah. The Jeff Hendrick it. blank. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't watch the whole man city one. I didn't watch. I've tried. I've started the Sunderland until I die three times. I've gotten 47 seconds into the intro and fallen asleep. Um, so I've seen them walk into the locker room, like the first game or something. That's it. And like, I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't sit and watch TV. I just can't, I don't know. I'd rather sleep. Um, so I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't I think
1: watch you really get up at 5am to do podcasts.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's <laughs> it's the life I've chosen. Um, but anyway, so I'm not sure I would, I would do it. Not, not that I wouldn't want the inside look, but I'm not, I'm just not sure. Like, like you said, the, the wider appeal, um, I'm sure they could do, they could, the, the media team is good. They could do something. They could put something together if they wanted to do it, but it wouldn't ha- I wouldn't want it to be like a, a big Netflix or Amazon prime or, or whatever special.
1: Um, I think what you're saying about Houseman is that I think he is quite a charismatic manager and I think he's quite a big personality, but I don't think he's one of those personalities that particularly likes TV cameras. No. So, nah. so I don't think it would work from that perspective. You'd have to almost like do a kind of fly, in the, fly on the wall, kind of like just spy on him yeah. because he wouldn't really like it. I
0: don't think so. It would be yeah. the, I'm not uh, sure it would work. A bunch of ring doorbells on the outside of every door. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I would ask, you questions about like you know top goal score and things like that, but I think I don't know. I I'm just I, I'm despite what it sounded like in this in this episode, I am excited about the season. Um, I I think we're in a pretty good position. I am excited to watch us play, and and I think it, I I assume kind of you are about the same, even though I'm I'm not sure we're going to go top seven. I'm not sure we're going to go Europa League, but I think I I th- on the other show I had to say. I said uh, I said ninth would be would be fine with me. Um, I'd be very happy with that if we finished twelfth again at some point. Like I, anywhere nine, nine, ten, eleven. I just I would like to break top half, but I don't know. Like what what are your thoughts on, on that in terms of where you think we'll finish and then we'll we'll cut it there and you can go enjoy the rest of your day.
1: I think I'd probably go for kind of twelfth to ninth being pretty pretty good. I don't really expect us to finish any higher than that. Yeah. Mainly because there are quite a lot of really good teams that probably I mean for example Everton always seem to spend a lot of money and probably want to do better than they are there's obviously got like the likes of Wolves and Leicester who are always really strong and are kind of amongst amongst it yeah and obviously Arsenal you'd expect them to be better than they were so you know there's there's quite a lot of like congestion in front of us but um yeah I think I think ninth would be a hell of a, a good finish really Considering we don't really invest that much. Right. Um,
0: right. And um,
1: yeah. We're and considering how bad last season was at the beginning.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, But then, you know, we did finish with, I think, was it nine clean sheets? I think like, it's not terrible, right? Like, I know there's 38 games, but uh, I don't know. I don't actually, I don't want to get into that. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be great. Um, okay. And I, and I'm, I'm just happy that you were able to, to do this. And I thank you for coming on. And, uh, I look forward to doing it, uh, again in the future, as long as you are up for that. Um, yes, definitely. all right. All right. Well, uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, you're at Lucy Heine. The link is in the show notes as always. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and putting up with the, the rambling. Uh, most people won't hear all of it cause I'll cut it, uh, make myself sound smart. <laughs> um, but I promised to leave in the part where I said, I don't know anything else about football other than our team. So, um, Thanks a lot, Lucy. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for having me on. We'll have have another chat soon. I hope we're feeling as positive then as we are now.
0: (laughs) We can only hope. (laughs) And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Lucy Heinet. You can follow her on Twitter at Lucy Heinet. Um, FPL advice Saints FC advice uh, just level headed approach to most things that's what you'll get when you follow her if you follow me I can't guarantee any of that stuff but the show is at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on both Twitter and Instagram we're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery you can get all that and more like the newsletter at southamptondelivery.com which is the show website so head on over there sign up for the newsletter Uh, we'll be in your inbox on Friday and uh Thank you in advance for doing that. There are a lot of people that work behind the scenes to make everything for this show come together. Uh, Those partners of the show include Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. He did the logo for the show. The Southampton page on Twitter at Southampton page and on Instagram at Southampton page one will keep you up to date with all the things going on around Saints. And the Saints Archive is developing a great community of fans who love the history and the club that is Southampton. You can be a part of that uh, by following along, joining the group, and all the links to all of that are in the show notes. The music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Paddington Bear you are enjoying the show, maybe you're new, maybe you're not, um, it would really help if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you're really uh, above and beyond that, like you want to go above and beyond, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. There are links to that in the show notes. I hate advertising that, but it is one of the things that helps the show keep going. So thank you to all the patrons. Uh, we'll have some stuff coming to you soon and uh, we'll be back next week in this feed. And until then, we're in it together. March on. second poppy poppy close that door the clanging of the the metal spoon against the glass bowl is impossible (laughs) to remove (laughs) from the show um (laughs) as is the ridiculously loud coffee maker um